One should not consume six pounds of anything in one sitting. <laughs> That's probably true. When you say order a pizza, I'm just like, right on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it felt like a David Lynch movie in some ways, like meets a sort of 70s car chase meets a, meets a 50s musical. <laughs> it's like... There have been plenty of instances in my life where I would have just, just like, oh yeah, 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 I, I, I can, I can totally do that. I, I totally got it. No problem. No problem. Like, whereas in my head I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> like, where am I gonna? Like, I guess I'm just not gonna sleep. I don't need to sleep for a month. I guess. WSD 28. What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> I was going to say bitches, but I feel like I said bitches too much. No, bitches is good, though. I, I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. <laughs> what else are you taking back? Oh, no. I'm not getting that. I'm not. That's, <laughs> oh, a, like, that that's a bad rabbit hole because I, if we're both thinking about the same movie and like. Oh, what, sure. <laughs> what? You can't take what? it back, Ranzel. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> the only reason it exists in the first place is to disparage an entire race. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do a Randall. <laughs> I can do a Dante. Oh, I'm probably more of a Dante than a Randall. Man, so that's like a Clerks 2 reference right off the bat. This is Long, yeah. Long, Short Drink, episode 28. We are recording and broadcasting. The Passion broadcasting. of the Clerks. <laughs> the passion of the clerks. <laughs> And broadcasting live on July the 5th, 2017. Uh, welcome, Dave. Welcome, Palmer. Now, if hey, I, memory serves, you usually have kind of a big fourth, but I don't know the details of that. I know things are different yeah. this time this year than last. What, um, can, what can or would you can like to Can we open this beer? That? I'm a little parched. Oh, yeah. Please, yeah. We, I'm, right. I, I had some uh, pasta at dinner, so I'm drinking this oh. 19 crab and Spanish. Oh, red. okay. So you already opened, so <laughs> we I can, don't have to do I can, that. I, gotta, I could do a little, another uncorking now. All right. On three. Three. <laughs> awesome. Um, let me take a sip of this, because I am drinking... Tonight, I am drinking uh, Fathead's Bumbleberry. Oh, a I am fine, familiar with that actually. A fine summer choice. Um, so we got six of these. They're not a pound, but I think that's a good thing because <laughs> they are they're a little potent. Oh really? They're they're higher alcohol content, like isn't it like a blueberry beer? As that was coming out of my mouth, I was looking at it and I saw that it was five point three. I was like, Oh, that's not that bad. No, that's kind no, of so but that's all right. Yeah, so they're not that potent, but it is just like a really refreshing uh, so we like, um, is it our dog blue or whatever, which is another blueberry beer? Uh, that stuff is delicious and that stuff is potent. I think that's like close to like 8%. Oof. Um, and it's yeah, really, really good, it. but it's like, it, I mean, it's like drinking blackberry wine. It's just so it's like a, just too sweet. You can drink like two of them. And then after that, it's too much. Uh, too much sweet, 
but man, is that stuff good. This is more, this is closer to a beer. It's like an ale. It's like it's brewed with blueberries instead of like blueberry flavored added to it. You oh, know? yeah. So, yeah. and that's a Cleveland beer, right? Mm, I think Pennsylvania. They have a brewer, they do have a brewery in oh, that's Cleveland. Um, but let me see. Yeah, my sister-in-law is a big fan of that brewery, and they have a nice Christmas ale oh, as well. No, it says Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Like, there you oh. go. Woo. Brewed and bottled by Fatheads Brewery in Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Awesome. So, very good. Cool. So, uh... Southeast... Yeah. I don't know. Fuck that. I don't know where my wine's from. It's called The Banished, though, and it's pretty... It's a dark red. Oh. It, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, But Probably yeah, so like I know you have, the- like this uh this july 4th tradition in your family but i'd never been to it and i never knew much about it but i was thinking about it a lot yesterday yeah um which it it, i yeah my fourth of july yesterday did not come anywhere close to what this tradition normally was um uh the tradition typically was my so my dad and stepmom every year would go the weekend before the fourth of july down to North Carolina and would purchase a literal car load full of fireworks. Um, And then they had a campsite at a really small campground that would let us do everything. I mean, my dad would shoot guns at this campground and we would set off our fireworks every year. And it started where it was just, we were just at a campsite and would were letting off fireworks and it got bigger and bigger and bigger every year. To the point that people started coming to the campground for our fireworks that we were setting off. And uh, to the point that the owners of the campground would like let us all camp for free because it was like, you know, the 4th of July is like your big moneymaker if you own a campground. And uh, as long as we kept doing the show, they let us camp for free. So um, it was just this really big family tradition you know my dad would would we'd sit and we'd unwrap everything and you know there'd be a big like no you know no drinking before the show because you guys have to be safe so then us sneaking beers and like uh you know my dad sneaking beers to us at one time and then our then my stepmom sneaking beers to us another time and then (laughs) uh uh both thought they were doing so behind the others yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and uh then like going out and unwrapping everything and like, then like really the last, like, I don't know, probably like the last five to seven years minus the one year we didn't go. Cause my dad and I were fighting at the time. Uh, we put on like really professional, sh- like our, like shows I was really, really proud of, you know, like, um, it was just a great time. So yesterday we didn't do any of that. We sat, we went to the movies and uh, ate a bunch of cake, ate a bunch of bad food that we probably shouldn't have. And that was about it. It was a kind of boring day. Was it kind of, was it hard? Uh, because that was the tradition. Yeah, that was part of it. And, uh, like that was part of it. And, um, I had gotten into a pretty heated debate with, somebody over the weekend about addiction and cigarettes. They, uh, 
completely devalued like the work that I had done in quitting smoking and uh, all that stuff, which really just like took the wind out of my sails like days before I got to this huge milestone. And uh, so there was like, so I hit a year, no smoking like yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. I'm uh do those stats. Yeah. Me um put that in there. So I have not smoked. I have not done tobacco. Uh <laughs> tobacco free, I should say. <laughs> yeah. That's the appropriate way. That's what we will start calling that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Tobacco stats, I don't know. <laughs> I I've been uh tobacco free for 1 year, 1 day, 11 hours and 40 minutes, which that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Um I <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh let's see here. Everything <clears throat> everything on the scales have has pretty much gone into the green. Like my circulation, I mean, I still eat cake, so a lot, some of this stuff is like still thrown off a little bit, but let's look at the big ones. I've saved $1,800, $1,869 actually and eight cents. And I've not smoked 6,230 cigarettes. Whoa. Um, so which is pretty exciting. I've added 25 days, two hours, 15 minutes, and 35 seconds onto my life. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. that person who took to trying to belittle that. That's yeah. That's that's very cool. Yeah. It's so. a it's a milestone. It's a it's a year. When was the last? That's that's huge. Who is this fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, know. it's all right. I don't um I don't want to throw him under the bus. Uh. Cause I have to continue to deal with this person. So, all right. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of just a punch, just a little, like it just knocked a little wind out of the sails. It's okay. Well, it didn't change your own. It didn't shake your own, uh, you know, beliefs or opinions. Did it? No, no. It just, you know, I think anybody though, wants everybody to wants everyone else to kind of, buy into the things that you believe in you know um you want that anyways yeah yeah because it just makes it easier sure easier, validation so. and, and community and all that and some folks yeah. go to great and lengths so, to uh, delude and, themselves and, and i mean and part of this is yeah and so but all of that leads back to it's like the it's this person's it's like it's my problem it's not the other person's problem like they're allowed to think anything they fucking want right that just like i'm allowed to think anything i fucking want it's the fact that I care about what they think first off and and then that what they think because it doesn't jive with what I think because I let that get to me. That's all my problem. That's all my fault. Like all my shit that I got to work on. Yeah, but were they so. being like shitty about it or, or you didn't let them know? That um, no, I mean, I've they, like there. I when they got into territory that was offensive, I let them know that. So um, and they. And they did, most of the time, they went back and was like, I'm sorry, that's not what my intention was. Like, it just, um, 
you know, it, 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 I don't want to get Yeah, it's it. like a, it's just a bummer, right? You were, yeah, you were it was just a good bummer. about it. And then somebody yeah. happened to say something that, uh, I, and, oh, and that's what, that was the other piece that makes it my fault is like, you know, a, a, a gross assumption was made on my part that so, this, per, this person was going to share in my excitement. Um, oh. and, and so when I, I led with that excitement and it's deflating when it's, when, you know, you're that vulnerable right in the get go of a conversation and then it's not met with that level of intensity, you know? Oh, so, sure. Yeah. But that's not uh, the kind that, of thing that's like on you, you know, that's just like, that's very, I understand you're yeah. trying to take responsibility for it. I'm not saying like they're wrong either. It's just, uh, yeah, it's more just, it sounds like just kind of unfortunate, but like, it makes perfect sense that you were excited yeah. about this, this great achievement and uh, it just, just unfortunate sucked. that it didn't line up and yeah, yeah. that can be a real bummer. So Ash tried, I mean, bless Ash. Like she tries so hard and I feel like, do you ever feel like sometimes you're just like willfully obstinate? Like, like you're just well, like, yes. Yeah, about what? <laughs> oh wait, you're, you're <laughs> buzzing off. Yeah. Uh, you cut out there for a second. So, uh, but I heard, yes. So I'm just going to assume that you agree with me, but <laughs> yes. it's just like, but it's just like, you know, this is a prime example of it where it was just like, Ma, I, you know, my dad's dead and we used to set off fireworks and all I want to do is go see some fireworks. And then Nash was like, let's go see some fireworks. They're setting them off over by the park. That's by our Kroger where we go shopping. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be around people and I don't want to go do, you know, and it's just like, you're just like willfully obstinate. Like, it's just like, there's no. Oh, I can see there is no pleasing you, Mr. Powers, you know, like, um, so, and that's totally the mood I was in. Like you sent me a nice message, like, congratulations, all this stuff. And then I'm, I'm just like, thanks. That was, you know? that, wow. That was going to say that's first thing in the morning. That was first thing in the morning for me, but yeah. that's pretty early for your day to have been shot. That, how early was your day? Oh that, no, this, it might, my, my day was shot like over the weekend. Like oh, I was like carrying, before that, uh, I've been carrying this with me like for a while and, oh, and then just sucks. like, then it just be, it just being the fourth really was, it just like, that's what pushed it over the edge. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I, 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 I kind of had an idea that that was I, related to your, to your dad, but, uh, I don't know. I wanted to ask about it nonetheless. Uh, cause I don't know. I thought it was a nice, it would be nice to document that what that was someplace. If nothing yeah, else, dude, I dude had no therapy, idea. Right? I had no idea. It was like such a, I never knew that it was something that grew to the point where you guys were essentially putting on a show that paid for like the lodging and the other people came to see. Oh yeah. That's so cool. Like, big time. Like I, it, we, like we had finales, like we would yeah. plan the grand finale and like uh, we would oh man we'd blow up probably two grand worth of fireworks i mean it, we, oh, the, wow. we had uh this uh, you know my dad was he hated change so in a way that paid off for loyalty right like he would <laughs> and so he happened to just stop I, I i'm sure it just happened to be he stopped one time the first time he bought fireworks at this place. And he, that's just happened to be the one that was in his head. I'm, we're always going to stop there. This is <laughs> shall forever be the f place, the exit that I buy fireworks. Well, he had been shopping there for so long that the old man that owned the shop gave him his business card. And on the back he wrote, he's like, you know, he told my dad, he's like, you come here every year. So he's like, here, 
And he wrote this card with 30% off handwritten on the back of this business card. And so every year my dad went back, the guy gave him 30% off. Plus on top of their, like, you know, they're like, okay, well, you're buying this much. We'll give you this. And, um, so then one year they go down and it's the daughters are running it. And the old man had passed away over, over the year. And so, um, as my dad, my dad's like, oh, that's really sad. I've been shopping here for so long and blah, blah, blah. And as they were checking out, he was like, that means you probably guys probably won't honor this anymore. And he held the card that had the 30% off on it. And they were like, oh my gosh, don't, yes, we will honor that. Like that my grandpa only gave those out to like, like valued customers and they were all handwritten by him. We cherish those as much as you will. So like you need to make sure like that gets passed down in the will. Like as long as that card exists, we'll honor it. Oh, that's awesome. And so, uh, he like, and then they would go down there every year that those, those girls ended up telling them like, you don't even need to bring that card. Like we'll (laughs) still give it you. Uh, but like, um, it was just, yeah, just fun. Did you say how many years uh, that that went on for? I mean, I remember he bought me a bag, a grocery bag of fireworks when I lived in the house on sunset. So like they were always a piece of the 4th of July, you know? Um, but that at that campground, I could easily say the last, I was still married to my first wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And we were at that campsite setting off fireworks. So I want to say 2002. Yeah. 2001, 2002. Wow. That's a good run. Yeah. Uh, What would that be? Minus the year that I was in Hawaii. Minus the year. Oh, no. Because I went in. I went out. I got it both years. So there was only one year that I definitely missed. And that was uh, the year before last year. Oh, okay. And you were, I was, so you were there last year and that was your first day of get being tobacco free. Um, I, well, we set off, I, we left last year earlier. We left on Sunday. So let me go back let me look at the calendar last year. July, 2016. So we, left the campground the morning of the third because we set off fireworks on the second. Oh, okay. So it was more built around a weekend type thing. Yeah. We always set them off on like Saturday. So we set them off on the second and then we came back to Dayton on the third and then we started our road trip the morning of the fourth. And then that road trip went that whole week. Right. Do you Um, have on there when you got to, to Northfield? Um, let's see here. I think I want to say we got there on the seventh or the eighth. Wow! So we're coming up on like one year having conceived of the show. Yeah, and not not far than soon thereafter where we started to record. And of course, we're coming up on our our thirtieth uh, <laughs> episode. Isn't that yeah, crazy? It is. Well, Man. before we get off the the firework thing, just because I'm I'm fascinated by this and it's so awesome and everything, do, you said you were planning them out. So how did you like plan out the show together? 
Like, was it on paper? I I, I know zero um, about fireworks. Well, we always we had our again because my dad hated change so much. We had only a set amount that we would buy, but we would just buy a lot of them. So like, uh, we liked these mortars a lot that were where you would get six shots and one tube, and you drop the sh- it's got a really long fuse on it, and you put it down in the tube, and then you light the fuse. And it goes up in the air and it looks like a real firework. And uh, we would get boxes of those. I mean, probably 40 or 50 boxes of those. You know, it's six shots a box. And that's just the little guys. We get big ones. So we get a ton of mortars, ton of rockets. Uh, and then we would like that would be really the the individual stuff. Like we wouldn't waste our time with like those little firecrackers or m80s or like none of that stuff's for a show right Mm -hmm. like we want the stuff that goes up in the air that looks pretty right yeah um and so a lot of mortars a lot of different size mortars and then um my sister liked bottle rockets so we always had a pile of big bottle rockets though that i mean that looked awesome when they would go off and then we would have a bunch of cakes, like different graham cakes. So where it's just like, it looks like a brick with one fuse and you light that one fuse and there could be anywhere from four to 13 shots inside that thing as they, and they'll go and they're, they're like timed and made to like go off in a certain way. Um, and so we would have a bunch, like a, a whole pile of those. So, we would go out and we would set the last, the last few years it really got, it was really good. And so um, we'd go and we'd set up uh, a picnic table like out in the field that we were going to set everything else off and we'd prep everything, like unwrap it get the fuses all primed. So all they needed to do was be touched with, you know, a flame and they'd go off. Um, and then we would start talking about what we wanted to save for the finale, which the last few years we saved all the big cakes. Like, I mean, some of them would be up to like 1200 gram cakes, which they're measured in grams and that's how much gunpowder is in them. So the, Hmm. like the 1200 gram, there's 1200 grams of gunpowder in that, that's a lot of shots. Like I think that one, the, some of those ones had like 20 shots in them. And so we would hold back a lot of those cakes because for a finale, you just want a lot going off as quickly as possible. And so we figured out uh, pretty quickly that if we just saved a lot of those cakes and we had them already laid out because we're setting this stuff off in the dark. Right. And so we would all have headlamps on <laughs> and we'd have like, quick torches those like plumbing torches that would you just like click them and they go off you know it's like you know it's like uh so we'd have those to light the fuses because they were quick and reliable uh so much better than a bic lighter like bics are for amateurs uh setting (laughs) off fireworks and uh and so but we would have a safety talk every year to make sure like everybody was being as safe as possible and then we would just start setting off mortars. And for the most part, like it's just how long can we last with us just setting off where it's fun for us, right? Like at a pace that's fun for us. 
So we're running back to the table and we're grabbing mortars and setting off a box of mortars. And then my dad's handing out cakes for people to set off cake and or, or different cakes, not like not cake cake. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'd go and we'd do that. And uh, then after we after we would burn through everything that we had. Still, what cake am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> and, but uh, after we would get through everything that we would have that we hadn't already claimed for the grand finale, we would let there be like a good like two or three minute pause just to give everybody and make everybody think that maybe we were done. And then we would go and literally run as fast as we could and light as many of those things off at the same time as possible. And then that would be now that would also be the only time that we would get to look up and actually see what we were setting off because the rest of the show, we're just trying to set stuff off at a good pace to make the show look good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but when we would light, I mean, we would probably for the last couple finales, I bet you we set off $500 worth of fireworks in 10 seconds. Like, I mean, Yeah, I mean, lit fuses for $500 worth of fireworks in 10 seconds. And then you get to stand back and it's just like, oh, it's glorious. It's so fantastic and just looks so great. Um, I'll have to see Double D might have some footage from one of these shows. Um, I'll have to see if he still does. And if so, maybe uh, he can tweet that out when this episode goes out. But that's... uh, uh, that w- it would be I it would be some great footage if he does. Oh, so. that's cool. And so I, you have to they have to get set off from like a central or like a what what is the like you would run it from the table to some kind of I don't know what to call it like we were just pad. in a field. Oh no, we were just we just like we were setting them off in a field, like oh, setting so, them on the ground and, and setting them off. So okay. we would have buckets with sand in them. Um, and, uh, we would use those to stabilize like the tubes. So the tubes wouldn't fall over. Um, and and then like a big part of the safety talk was you could only like the tubes were only rated to go for all the shots that were in their box. So if their box only had six shots in it, you couldn't do all six of those shots and then just keep using that tube for the next box. Like you had to pull that tube out get an empty bucket, put the new tube in the empty bucket and then dump the sand from the first bucket into the new bucket around that new tube and swap it out. So you're doing all that's, that's why like the headlamps and the, (laughs) all that shit, like all that stuff came in handy and like really made it. I mean, I really, I was really proud of like the shows that we were putting, setting off the last, probably the last five years or so. Uh, They were really just phenomenal. That's awesome. Um, I, I I mean, it was just great to hear. We would just have people who would just be like, those are better than any city fireworks that we go to. Those are, you know, we come here just for those fireworks. Uh, that kind of, you know, just like, I mean, it's just really, and I'm an attention whore. So that kind of stuff, just like, that's like my bread and butter, you know? Yeah. But, but I mean, like, uh, that is one of those things too, where it's, uh, you know, uh, they're not just going there to make you feel good. They're going there because it adds something to right. their lives. 
That's right. so cool. Would um did the, the, the would the would you guys advert like were there flyers or was no. there a name for it? It was all just like there no, was this we were always that worried that like we were gonna it was gonna get too big and then we were gonna have to stop because we wouldn't as soon as we would have to like I mean there was no like ins other than the insurance of the campground mm. we weren't insured you know right, what I mean right. like uh and technically we weren't supposed to like. We weren't. We were on private property because it was a campground. That that's partially. I mean, it's a gray area. Um, but these pr were purchased in North Carolina. You know, so we were always worried that it was going to get too big, and then we were going to get shut down just because we weren't legit and weren't like bonded or anything like that. So, uh. I'm kind of glad that it didn't. I'm kind of glad that it just kind of stayed this little, this little secret that we got for as long as we did. And I should just be grateful that we got it as long as we did, you know, uh, cause it's a great set of memories to have and maybe a tradition that I can carry on once I start having kids, you know? Oh yeah. That sounds super special. And, and of course, yeah. Like we, like I mentioned a second ago, I mean, that's those memories that you have, but those are also, uh, yeah, it's like a kind of shared experience for all those other families that would go to the campgrounds and experience it and say, hey, these are our favorite. You know, we look forward yeah. to this all year. We come to this campgrounds on purpose. That's pretty, that's pretty great. That's really cool. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the fireworks. That's the fourth. I like it. I like it. How was I'm your fourth? I never got to go to it. Um, it was good. It was very low key, uh, but, but in a good way. Um. I think I was, I was at home for almost a full week in a way. Like I, I remember, so we spoke last week. We didn't, we didn't uh, put it up on the, on the, as, as a show, but we had a kind of a staff hangout. I was a Wednesday and then Thursday yeah. I worked from home. Friday, I took a personal day, you know, I was off Friday, Saturday and Sunday, worked from home again on Monday and then was off yesterday for the fourth. So I felt like I had some like, just like time at home, actual productive days working from home. It's been nice now that I've had that big conversation and wrangled the uh, the workload to just be able to focus on the actual work I do have. And know there's not more coming in has been a lot less stressful. Like yeah. there's a good, especially during the weeks where you're having this these discussions or meetings or whatever. I just would have these wicked tension headaches. So, you know, the base of your skull. Oh, I and, hate uh, those. Yeah, and it was it was great. Just I noticed talking to uh, my supervisor last must have been Thursday. And I was like, you know, this is the first day in, in a while that I haven't had one of those. And it was just, so that was really cool. So I sort of was feeling kind of much more relaxed. Um, I think I got, well, you know, the, an edit of our show I was working on off Tomodo. And I actually, over the weekend finished the, almost the first full, like real cut with B roll of my documentary that I've been working on. And that awesome. was really, that felt really good. And like, it's, you know, it's hanging together pretty, pretty well. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting. Mostly. I mean, I was like, you know, I was coming to bed at like three 30 in the morning one night when I finished these last two sequences that I was working on. And usually like the bride will be like, if I'm coming to bed at that hour or something, she'd be like, you drunk, you asshole or something. <laughs> not, not like that, but, but you know, she'd be or I'd maybe I'd feel guilty, I guess is probably more accurate. I'd be like, Oh, stand up drinking and watching things. But I w hadn't really, uh, I was just making stuff and I felt really good about it. You know, I go into bed at three 30 in the morning cause I was working on my stuff yeah. for so many hours. 
Um, there's been a weird thing too, where I haven't been able to, it's, it's good ultimately, but like, I can't drink very much. <laughs> I feel fucked up. Like, like all of a sudden some <laughs> switch flipped overnight and it's, uh, so I haven't been <laughs> vibing all that much. Maybe it was, no, that, maybe it was episode 26 that just did me in. <laughs> Dude, listen, then, then episode 24 and 25 were mine then. <laughs> Because, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That, we both got a little sloppy. I think that, I think it's a good thing that maybe, you know, one should not consume six pounds of anything in one sitting. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone six beers. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, we're all wrapped up with uh, Dead Zone. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel that wrapped up? Like, let's let's oh. take like a good like five minutes and just like talk about that for a second. How? how what do you mean? How do you mean wrapped up? Like, uh, what do you mean? Well, this is like this is the episode that like the first episode that we're done. Like, we don't have any dead zone. Oh, that's right. Stuff yeah. Slated. Yeah. Yeah. So now this is like our first chance to like really reflect on it on an episode, like for sure, listeners sure. to hear. Yeah. So, uh, just like, what are your thoughts? Like, what were your your takeaways from it? Like, do you think, um. I, I guess did we do do we kind of do this in Twinkies episode too? Um, maybe um, we asked bit. him about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Then we talked about it in the staff thing. So oh I, yeah, I, um, I I mean I just think it would I think it went great. Oh um, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, very much, and it really deepened my appreciation for the book, caused me to pay more close attention. Yeah. Um, yeah. One that I definitely, I feel like my first time going through the chronology, I that I feel like I just kind of got through, you know, like I didn't really take anything from it. I, I feel like this whole chunk that you're on right now, you know, he starts out so strong with Carrie and uh, with um, Jerusalem's lot or Salem's lot. Um, he starts out. So those are two really strong stories. And then these ones, he just kind of gets in this quagmire of like psychic abilities and, and conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And it, it, it's where he really is like, okay, I'm going to be a writer. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so now I'm going to, I'm going to hone that. Like it's, it's, Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Oh my gosh. You're sweaty. That's not a good sign. Well, it's so hot here. That's why I'm inside because it's yeah. 90 something. So there was a little incident with a snake. <laughs> That's what that was about. <laughs> Whoa. We have uh, on our front porch, we don't have like a porch porch. We just have like a, you know, a cement, you know, block stoop. <laughs> and right between that and uh, the wall of the house, there has uh, often been this gardener garden. Gartener or gardener snake? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Let, let me check the supercomputer. <laughs> yeah. That but, fits in my pocket. Hang on. You keep telling so your story. So there's been one of those there, you know, every so often this uh, summer. And, um, you know, neither the bride nor I likes snakes per se, but she's especially um, creeped out by them. So <laughs> she's taken to calling it Damien. As in, like the devil. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or the messenger. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which incidentally, uh, I've never seen the Omen. I want to, but I have I don't even to. think they do that in that. I think that's all made up. Really? Is that a Mandela thing? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it could be. No, I don't know. I've heard that a lot um, though. That's got some basis. Wait, oh, did you find it, out? It is garter snake, garter. like a gar- like a like a woman's garter. Ooh, yeah, that's gonna help me <laughs> in my relation to the snake. But uh, anyway, so that's been a problem. I wanted to um, do something about it recently. Like at first, I need I looked it up to find out if they were harmful or poisonous or you know could hurt me or or hurt no. any of us. And um, no, no, they're not. No. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm in this Bruce Lee phase and in Enter the Dragon, uh, Bruce Lee encountered a cobra, steps on its head, <laughs> picks it up, puts it in a bag. And I was like, okay, I wouldn't do that to a cobra, <laughs> but I could probably do it to a gardener snake. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to one morning and it, and, it, and it scurried away. So I didn't have the reflexes of, <laughs> of Mr. Lee. But <laughs> yeah. Um, which he did that, by the way, like for real. They they took the the... The venom out of out of the cobra, but like he tapped it on the head to get its like hood up, and he did like wrangle it as you see him do in the movie. And at one point, it did bite him. But wow, I'm more and more impressed by that man. Like it, he used to beat I mean, ass all the time. All, <laughs> like, all the, people, people would challenge you, him, and he would just like take him out immediately. Yeah, it was oh, he was. He so was he would just like openly take challenges. Like people would just challenge yeah. him in the street, and he <laughs> or would just, on on sets and stuff. And he would try really? to defuse it, but. uh if he couldn't, then he would, he would just kind of handle it very quickly because that was always his thing to like economy of movement and practicality, and he dedicated his whole life to being as efficient and those uh, right in that and, and invented his own kind of approach to martial arts to uh, to take care of things in that way. So yeah, he he would kind of just do it quickly though, and like then be friends with the person a lot of times. <laughs> so. And yeah, so he'd handle snakes. So I thought I could do that, and the snake ran away. But the snake came back this evening, and uh, and I guess our our littlest dog, uh, Levin, went like kind of towards him after the snake, and so the bride was freaking out. <laughs> it didn't move away, didn't flee from her like it did from me. Um, yeah, so that was what the hubbub was about. <laughs> oh, did it come after her? No, it it didn't uh it didn't come after uh anybody but it didn't um like the dog wanted to get at it and was hackles were up and all that kind of stuff and the dog wasn't afraid of the snake and the snake wasn't afraid of the dog so I'm not sure how the bride got her in here but she was very traumatized and and she she screamed I guess and she was like like a lady scream she said <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that had to have been so hard one for she's her not, to have done and yeah, two she's not for her to admit it. that she did that yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> that's how you know that you're her true partner you're her true person <laughs> yes. is that she admitted that to you i yeah. don't think she would be comfortable with you telling me that Probably she lady say. screamed yeah <laughs> which yeah. i didn't hear that i did hear something and i i, I thought it was her calling after one of the dogs but I think whatever she did was so high pitched, I didn't register it as a as a human sound. <laughs> but there were no actual altercations with the snake. I mean, there was, right? but there was no bloodshed or uh, fur shed. Okay, <laughs> so cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> in all your talk of of cobras, all I could think of was the video that I dropped in the chat. There, oh. we don't have to watch it because is it long? We don't have, or is it? It's like three minutes, so that's way a, too long. Does it have to an audio component or not really? It does. I, I mean, it's the. It's the crazy, it's called, um, 
the crazy nasty ass honey badger. Oh, I love honey badger stuff. All right, I'm copying yeah. this. I'm putting it into the. Uh, oh no, we gotta watch this for sure. All right, I'm this is it. so good. Yeah, honey. I'm, I'm, I got an ad here. I don't have YouTube okay. red. Well, this is actually one of my favorite videos. I wonder if it's you that showed this to me back in the day. Uh, oh, maybe I uh, could have. Like you, uh, I'm at zero. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Oh man, <laughs> on three and three. It's the honey badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a oh. jackal. Oh my gosh. Oh, the honey badgers are so just So it's like crazy. original, like Richard Attenborough footage. By the Book of World Records, but it's being the most overdubbed by somebody kingdom. that kind really of knows about honey badgers, but hungry, is also reacting Ew, to the footage. Ew, what's that Oh, it's got a oh. cobra. Oh, it runs backwards. <laughs> now watch this. Look, a snake's up in the tree. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. Whenever it's hungry, it just, ew, and it Thanks, eats Thanks, stupid. Oh, my God. Watch it dig. Look at that digging. <laughs> the honey badger is really pretty badass. They have no regard for any other animal whatsoever. Look, and it's just grunting and ew. Which is true. Snakes. Ew, what's that, a mouse? <laughs> Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. Oh, look, it's chasing things and eating them. The honey badgers have a fairly long body, but a distinctly thick set, broad shoulders, and, you know, their their skin is loose, allowing them to move about freely. And they twist around. Now, look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. It goes right into the house of bees to get some larvae. Doesn't give a How shit. How disgusting is that? It eats larvae. Ew, that's so nasty. But look, Ew. the honey badger doesn't care. It's getting stung like a thousand times. It doesn't give a shit. It just, it's hungry. It doesn't care about being stung by bees. Nothing can stop the honey badger when it's hungry. Oh, what a crazy fuck. Look, ew, it's eating larvae. That's disgusting. There it is, running in slow motion again. See? Now, what's interesting is that other, other animals, like these birds here, they just like to wait around until the honey badger's done eating, and then it swoops in to pick up the scraps. <laughs> it says, you do all the work for us, honey badger, and we'll just eat whatever you find. How's that? What do you say, stupid? <laughs> Look at this bird. Thanks for the treat, stupid. Hey, come back here, says the honey badger. <laughs> Birds don't care. And you know what? The jackals do it, too. Look at these little dogs. They're like, thanks, stupid. Thanks for the mouse. See you later. The honey badger does all the work while these other animals just pick up the scraps. At nighttime, the honey badger goes hunting because it's hungry. Look, here comes a fierce battle between a king cobra and a honey badger. I wonder what'll happen. Step on its head, honey look badger. At this. There's the honey badger just eating a mouse. And then look, get away from me, says the snake. Get away from me. <laughs> honey badger don't care. Honey badger smacks the shit out of it. And the snake comes back and it lashes right at the honey badger. Oh, little does the honey badger know. The honey FYI, badger stole that from the stung. snake and then was like, that it's wasn't enough. Now I'm going to use snake. Oh so while it's God. eating the snake, now it's even ew, it's head. <laughs> Meanwhile, the poisonous venom is seeping through the honey and, badger's body. And it oh, pans out. Look at this. Look at that sleepy look at that lazy fuck. fuck. Now, the honey badger is going to pass out for a few minutes, <laughs> and then it's going to get right back up and start eating all over again because it's a hungry little bastard. <laughs> yeah, like that's this. the thing. is like, like it has, It's the immune to the cobra. The honey badger gets right back up and continues eating the cobra. How disgusting. And of course, yeah. what does the honey badger have to eat for the next three weeks? Cobra. 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 The honey badger. <laughs> oh, that's magic. I'm so glad that came up. <laughs> 
So that's what I thought of when you st- when you brought up Cobra. That's magnificent. I I love that video. A lot of the things in there have been part of the bride and my uh, uh, repertoire over the years. Particularly like, oh, it goes oh, runs backwards, <laughs> or uh, what's some of the other ones? I don't know, but yeah, that is magic. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, boy, that's the second episode in a row where I've had to run away from some for some kind of like household emergency. That's unusual in general, but uh, hopefully no not going to be a frequent occurrence on the program. But we were talking about the Dead Zone uh, book club, which which yeah was very good. Yeah, I'm really happy. I'm actually there's been a few things that I thought of that we could do when uh that might be worth doing that again for um <clears throat> one of the drawbacks of having though doing it with a Stephen King book was like that kind of dominated our Stephen King talk for the yeah, last five episodes right. uh so i really like the idea of maybe doing uh fight club uh that uh, sounds like the fight club exciting. book yes. at some point in the future so yeah maybe in the fall maybe we'll when we get uh back into yeah yeah and uh, th- that would be a good fall read, I think. Yeah, and I liked, um, uh, we were talking about um, uh, in the staff hangout thing about m- having them be standalone, uh, not episodes necessarily, but like its own like kind of mini series that yeah. allows the, because I think too, that's where a lot of our excessive drinking came into play because we were talking for like four and a half hours yeah. <laughs> and drinking then for well, all that like, time. <laughs> and FYI, we're on our first hour of our three hour limit for recording. <laughs> yes, so. yes. Yeah, we have all, uh, uh, but, we, but we, we have, don't have these things we need to get to where the book club, we're like, oh, we got to make sure we get through this certain amount. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, that contributed to our our consumption, but uh, it'd be nice too. It also to even just, um, make, I don't know, have them be their own kind of thing that, uh, yeah. or, or include the dynamic of the rest of the show, but for people who aren't necessarily, that's made the episodes longer and stuff too, which I don't, I haven't gotten <coughs> too terribly do much we feedback have, about that, but do we have a limit on how much stuff we can now put on SoundCloud at any point in time? Like I don't think so, uh, because even to go beyond like a few hours total, you have to do the like pro or whatever. So I've been on that for a while. Um, uh, uh, so I don't me. think there's a time Jesus. limit. I don't think there's a time limit, really. It's uh, or quantity limit, like file size or like file amount uh, or upload limit, I guess. Um, that would be my only concern with it uh, of doing them independently is just that I would want to make sure that it wouldn't like the show wouldn't conflict with it and it wouldn't conflict with the show. We'd be able to output everything as we got them done. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think Um, we can. And I think that's a, that's one thing I'd like to do when we, when we kind of have the, we were talking about maybe doing a, you know, a little opening for the dead zone book club that that's reminiscent of the book rags promo we did. And then um, I'll publish them on, soundcloud as their own playlist and that right so that they could be just downloaded as a thing Um, and then that also feeds into our uh you know our talk of 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 broadening our empire you know (laughs) yes wherever long short drink empire (laughs) yes say more Uh, about that yeah do you want me to say more about that is that what you said well yeah i didn't know if you were leading into something i didn't want to take it no i mean no uh, just that. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that's enough. That's a nice little taste to leave it with now. Yeah. Um, you know this. 
I have absolutely, if it's one, there are tons of things that I adore about this show. Um, one of them being, though, I have absolutely loved watching it grow from each episode to the next. So, and I feel like it does. Every episode we get a little better at something. We haven't been afraid to experiment. I mean, the, you know, the YouTube live stream is a great example of that. Yeah, that's uh, been really, really nice to have. So, to have. My chair is very loud. I'm going to swap it out. Sorry. Oh, that's a mine. Not gonna a, mine are always squeaky. I can't, right, even, hear, I can't we'll even hear see, it. We'll You're see. fine. This, we're experimenting right now, people. Yeah. Whether or not this squeaky chair, chair is going to be trouble something. Trouble chair something. <laughs> trouble some. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, that would be my only critique, if any, of the book club is just that we'll maybe make them separate so that uh, the. Um, they're just uh, something people can seek out on this on the side in addition to the show and um keeps intact our our d- sort of dude therapy format of just shooting the shooting a breeze yeah um but yeah to that end so we talked a little bit about what you've been up to um have you got a have you got a pleasure a palmer's pleasure oh man it's okay if you don't <laughs> <clears throat> i'm trying to think what all I, I haven't been doing hardly anything that's been working and eating cake and just like self-loathing, I guess. And traveling. We've been doing a lot of travel. Um, I guess, you know what? So like YouTube Red, one of the great things that comes with YouTube Red is you get uh, access to Google Play Music. Oh yeah, which is yeah. which is like uh, Spotify Premium, uh, it's or Apple Music. It's just like essentially anything you would ever want. Like, there's absolutely no reason to pirate with this. Like, there's just every album. I'm like, I want to listen to that album. I put it in, and it's there, and I can listen to it, and uh, it's great. So there, uh, we have discovered some great music that we like recently. Um, really been digging Glass Animals, uh, their most recent album. I don't know if I've heard of that. Um, that's not saying much. <laughs> they have this. They have this awesome song. Well, the single that came out is Pork Soda, off that <laughs> album. Um, They're an English indie rock band from Oxford. Yeah. I haven't heard of them. And uh, let's see here. Oh, they're going to be their first first date coming up here in September is in St. Paul at the Palace Theater. Oh, really? I would totally recommend seeing them. Uh, But this song is just like, this song is just fucking... Awesome. I got to wait for this ad to finish. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I thought you didn't have any. No, because I'm logged in under the long walk short oh. drink oh, uh, okay. Palmer okay. account. That's why. Um, my personal, in my <laughs> personal life, in my non-long walk short drink life, <laughs> I'm still a plebe. Should we listen to a little bit? What's a plebe? <laughs> uh, just an average Joe. Oh, okay. Uh, so this song, I mean, this song really like, yeah, let's just listen to a little bit of this. I guess it's, you'll hear early on now this again, I'm always, I always like the weird song. I always like the song that's like, this is probably, this is a good representation of glass animals, but at the same time, it's not a good representation of glass animals. 
but their sound is just really eclectic. Like that's the best bet. Um, did, uh, are you at zero? I'm at zero. Uh, I'll just put it in the spreadsheet. So this is off the album, how to be a human being. I, the album is fantastic. So this, this would probably be, this would probably be the closest thing to a pleasure currently I would have, I think. So, uh, yeah, let's let's give let's let's um, give this a listen. I don't know what the. I know we can't listen to too terribly much, so maybe just cut it off when once you feel like it's gotten the. Well, we can listen, but that's we can listen. We'll just cut it off sooner. Yeah, yeah. So I'll let you like chime in when that comes. Okay, Uh, I'm ready when you are. All right, on three and three. So the flute, like that, I love that flute. Yeah. In the like that like it just like it builds and builds and builds and by the end it's just like this huge swell of just like this awesomeness it's so good uh it's so awesome i had no, i would not in a million years have guessed that they were a brit band yeah i couldn't hear that, that from the you know isn't that what you said or... like they they just they remind me actually of like a i don't know like a memphis rock uh, you know, like soul rock. I don't know, like that dirty bar rock sound, yeah. uh, southern bar rock sound. That's what it reminds me of. If and if you listen to the, some of their other songs, uh, it really, it, I I feel like it would support that. Man, that's awesome that they're a Brit band. Um, I, it's so funny because recently, um, I, this I mean we'll segue back for Dave Diggs, um. Because this is gonna, well, I mean, because this is gonna kind of tie to uh, Baby Driver too. Oh yeah. Um, if you're okay with that, well, or if you want to, yeah, do we your, can. Okay, we're free forming it. That's that's the one thing about the book club I don't miss is just being like, yeah. oh no, we got to make sure to leave space yeah. for whatever. <laughs> so, um, I I have found recently that I really am, I I like a lot of foreign art that is paying homage to American art, you know, or I love seeing how 
um, American art has influenced this foreign artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I love the streets. Uh, the streets is a British, <laughs> don't touch me. like, don't, 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 don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Uh, there's this awesome, like it, this little indie underground rap group. Uh, it's one guy. Um, but that, oh man, a grand don't come for free is just a fantastic album. And, uh, glass animals now is a Brit band and I, you can hear like that, that Southern dirt rock influence in that band. Um, to the point that I would never have guessed that was a British uh, rocker. Um, to uh, I had sent you a you know I sent you a text a while ago about how I want to do a New Zealand horror trilogy. Oh yeah. Um, or horror comedy show because there's three um, New Zealand horror comedy movies, modern like contemporary horror comedies. Uh, that are available right now between Netflix and Amazon Prime that I think are all, they're just so endearing. They're just so, in their own way, they're all really, really cool and uh, really well done. But you again, you can see the influence on, the American influence on them. Um, and I felt like, that's where baby driver was like really weird for me. The the only way that I can articulate it is, is it felt like somebody who had only ever seen America through America film, mm-hmm. American film. You know what I mean? Like, it, and I thought, and I tried to dissect that too. Cause it's not like, you know, I'm American and it's not like I've got ever gotten in a car chase before that. I'm just like, <laughs> Oh, well he obviously only ever saw car chases in movies. And that's what he based his movie car chase movie about. And Cause I mean, I've only ever seen car chases in movies, you know? Uh, but there was definitely, I, I don't know. There was just something about it where it felt like an homage. It didn't feel like, I think maybe it was that, uh, Ash talked about it, how uh, they're supposed to be there. Like baby and Deborah are supposed to be timeless lovers. That's why they're almost washed out into black and whites when they're together. Like her uniform is in black and white and he always is in like jeans and a t-shirt and like their flashback or their like fantasy sequences are, are really close to being in black and white. Like, yeah, because they're supposed to like, and he only ever calls her on the, like on a pay phone to like the landline telephone at the diner. Like it's never like on the cell phones because their love is supposed to be timeless. And so I think it's like that, that piece is what makes it where it's like, it feels like it's all taking place in the world we live in. Aside from like those little things like that, like, like where, I where it it becomes a fairy tale. You know, I feel like. Oh yeah, that's a great word for that movie. I called it yeah. a musical, and the bride was like, "You're out of your mind." I'm like, "No, I'm not." It's like you're gonna be embarrassed yeah. when you hear a great call it a musical in an interview, because <laughs> yeah, because like that opening. Um, well, I don't know if it's the very opening very near the beginning where baby is like going to get the coffee and he's, you know, doing yep. the whole routine with his, he's always got the earbuds in. Uh, I mean, I guess if we're yep. going to talk about it. We should briefly set up what it is in case someone never <laughs> looks into it. But uh baby driver is a movie by, uh, 
by Edgar Wright, who's a Brit. That's just how we, I think we kind of got on this. And the who's new, and arguably who has made his career paying homage to American film. I, I, I yeah. mean, this, I, this I, and I think, and I think he even acknowledges that though. In a lot of his interviews, like I'm not trying to be condescending or, um, or sound like a pompous American, like, his his first project was a television. Maybe not his first project. The like the earliest project that I know of, where he's with Simon Pegg and um, uh, Nick Frost, is a television show that he worked on called Spaced. That was on for two seasons, <coughs> and it was basically um, Simon Pegg and a woman. You know the scene in uh, the scene in. Shaun of the Dead. I haven't when, seen Shaun of the Dead. Isn't that you've crazy? Never. Oh my god! <laughs> I was gonna say that I have the I have not seen Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or Space. Uh, the only one of his movies that I had seen that I didn't even know was one of his was uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and I guess he directed Ant Man, right? And I did Ant Man and At World's End. Did you see that? No. Or The World's End, which no, is like the, that's yeah. like the. The third in the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost trilogy. Like, I'm also embarrassed to say that I basically thought Edgar Wright was Simon Pegg. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this picture of him oh, now. Oh, really? Oh, he yeah, no. Like, he's no. like, uh, yeah. So Nick kinda... Frost is the chubby guy, and Simon Pegg is the guy that's in Star Trek and as Scotty. Um, And then uh, Nick, and then, now who's the director again? Jesus. Oh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Edgar Wright. Is is I mean maybe he does cameos I don't know, um, so spaced was really good and then he did like Shaun of the Dead, uh, but like all of those were f- they're full of references to American pop culture and American movies and music and uh, and they all contain Queen I like that too. Uh, oh, and, I didn't and, know that. And that Queen is a is a kind of a big centerpiece. It must be his, uh. That's how I could tell, like, there it was pretty intimate for him, this movie, because, like, he asked, what's your go song? And it's a Queen song, and it's like a Queen B track. It's not even like a, yeah, I never a hit, you know? I never heard of it. Um, So that's what made me think it was really intimate. But, it again, it just had this feel of, this is everything that I loved about American car- crime and car chase movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I, I think one of the critics put it best where it was like, if you took your one friend that's the best at making playlists and then somebody set a car chase to one of their playlists, like that's <laughs> what this movie is. And I think that's a great, a great a, a comparison for it. Uh, the soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. Um, so good. Yeah. The, I was, so, uh, was looking at the, the synopsis just for anyone who doesn't, know what it is or we're never going to watch it that <laughs> you should watch it by the way but whoever i'm talking whoever's listening um it, the sentence that's on imdb is that after being coerced into working for a crime boss a young getaway driver finds himself taking part in a heist doomed to fail but as a getaway driver we're introduced to this character called baby that's a young man who has tinnitus and so he's always wearing uh, earbuds and always listening to music because to kind of drown out this ringing in his head that came from an accident he had uh, in a car as a, as a child. And, uh, he, yeah, he kind of, the heist, his, his getaway driving for the heist is very much choreographed to the song that he picks. And then 
in the in the scene I was starting to talk about, he ever everything he does kind of in life is has to do with some kind of musical accompaniment, and and it's music with he, which he's very familiar. So he's kind of doing these like Fred Astaire like routines to them, and and it's really fun to watch. Um, just how you know how he enjoys the music, and and to watch him you know um, phys- physicalize the that uh, you know it's like air guitar, but it's so much more than that, and he's got all the little beats memorized and. So when he's walking to get coffee, like it, it is like, it feels like, you know, the clip you see of singing in the rain where, you know, the, the actors swinging around light poles and stuff. And, yep. and one thing I noticed in that moment, other than those kind of synchronizations to like, um, I can't remember, like, I remember he goes in front of a window, like window front from, for a store and it's something to do with the lyrics you hear. But also if you're watching closely, like as he passes telephone, uh, poles, uh, it says like yeah and baby or or, or like the v- vocalizations of the singer are, are right. spray painted out like you have to be kind of watching for him but it's so it was really carefully choreographed I think it's a wonder that whole thing it's like one long shot him going to get the yeah. coffees and stuff after the heist uh, yeah it's just it's so charming so charming uh, it was very it's it, it was like a good like bowl of mac and cheese it was just like very comforting and just very I mean, for a crime movie where that kind of goes sour, you know, like as crime movies are wont to do, the, you know, the heist in the team kind of goes against itself and self implodes. And it was still just like really comforting. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I love I, the baby's like his attitude about things, even when things got bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He had a kind of an upbeat. Attitude because he's listened to upbeat music. (laughs) Yeah, it just reminded me, it was very much set in modern times. But even like that last sequence um, of the courtroom, where it's just this quick montage of everybody like giving character testimony for Baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, The way that was shot, it just reminded me of like a 1950s black and white courtroom drama just like uh, just the way that montage was put together it had this very the whole movie had a, a sense of nostalgia that happened to be set in modern times like i i mean he carries around classic ipods for christ's sake those don't yeah. exist anymore you can't yeah. buy those anymore you know yeah and he i i, I tried to buy of- a new one of those they don't even make them they just make touch ipods that's the closest thing they make now so yeah, he'd have these different iPods that were loaded with different music for different moods. Say. Yeah, he yeah. was always pulling. I- he was forever pulling iPods and like sunglasses out of his jacket. Yeah, <laughs> like I love the sunglass supply. thing. Like that's so fucking. I mean, when Jamie Fox perfectly smacks that yeah. pair of sunglasses <laughs> yeah. off his face, he doesn't smack him. He just the sunglasses <laughs> off, and as soon as he turns his back, he like just puts his hand up and puts another pair on and yeah. just. Uh, I mean, again, just like flawless choreography. Um, and I think partly the attitude of why, why it's like a feel good movie or, you know, like Mac and cheese, because I think baby even loses another pair of sunglasses in that same scene. And he just put it. So it's like, you know, people smacking him in the face and stuff. He's like, ah, whatever. And puts on a new pair of sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. He does. He goes through like three or four pairs in that one scene. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin Spacey's oh. in it as the kind of mob boss. He's fantastic. Um, Who does a great job. And uh, 
kind of goes outside the box, even for his characters sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It felt like a David Lynch movie in some ways, like meets a sort of seventies car chase meets a meets a fifties musical. Wow. <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. It felt like kind of, because, um, baby, the girl, the, who's the waitress that baby like so much. Deborah. Um, Deborah. Debbie. Yeah. She, yeah, she's got, I mean, she would pass for like uh, Shelly in uh, Twin Peaks who worked in a diner and wore a little uh, uniform like that, which of course, so much of that 80s David Lynch has kind of a a 50s throwback right. uh, feel and this overly wholesome kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, I'm a, yeah, and I, I thought too, like John Benthal, you know, the Shane from The Walking Dead and the Punisher from Netflix's Daredevil was... Really well cast, yeah. like this kind of asshole, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Fox was doing his like kind of crazy but funny. I thought Jamie like, Fox was so in, in, well, and even um, the guy from Mad Men, he was so good in it. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah. He is Old not the one that I expected to like be the lead antagonist, but no, especially like when they kind of when who was it? Was it? It was Jamie Foxx, right? That really laid out. It's like, okay, you were this Wall Street guy. Yeah. And kind of broke him down. And especially once he once he did that and once he sort of painted what this character had been prior, I just couldn't stop seeing that. And then just kind of, I thought less of him yeah. once, once that picture was painted. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, he tur- turned out to be like this kind of unstoppable force there for a while. Now, not to cut off our discussion about Baby Driver, which we can come back to, but I have to ask, in your trailers when you went to see this, did they happen to play the trailer for Logan Lucky? It's got uh it's got Adam Driver and Channing Tatum, and they're like rednecks and they decide they want to hold up the they want to rob the racetrack. I don't th- I think they might have but I also we got there kind of late and I ran to the restroom so I probably missed that if they did. But I saw Daniel, I remember that was in our same discussion like our text thread with Twinkie where this movie came or Baby Driver came up and then somebody else shared that trailer which I don't know if I The ever Logan did Lucky watch. trailer got shared in the discussion with Twinkie? Yeah, whenever that was, but I don't I I'm not sure I did watch Daniel that Daniel fucking Craig who I would never in a million years have considered to be a character actor. I mean, maybe people would laugh at that. I guess I don't consider James Bond though, to be a a character like that. I mean, yes, he's a character, but I don't like, like that's just acting to me. It's not like where, you know, I picture anything by Daniel day Lewis. That's character acting to me. Um, yeah, where like the the character is second or is primary to the actor. Yeah, you know, kind of the opposite of a, you know, Cary Grant or one would argue. I get like Dan when I picture Daniel Craig, I either picture Girl with a Dragon Tattoo or James Bond, both of which he seems he looks the same. Right, he pretty much behaves right, the same, even right. though. He, and I would I'm sure picture would like differently. And I would picture Daniel Craig not being that far off from uh, from like James Bond, like kind of smooth and like British yeah. and like kind of awesome, right? <laughs> he mm-hmm. plays this effeminate southern con artist in this trailer. I mean, just based on the trailer, I'm like, he should get a fucking Oscar. Like, it looks that good. Like, <laughs> whoa. Oh right. my gosh. Yeah. It just looks fantastic. 
So but should we watch that? Uh, if you want, I mean, geez, I feel like we've watched so I'm much. Now. Uh, let me see. That's all right. I mean, these things have a, you know, there's an audio component. I mean, I'm sure everyone's glad we watch Honey Badger. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me share with you that I'm going to share with you in the chat the uh, the spreadsheet. That way, it'll just save one step of me copying. Oh it. yeah. If you could drop. No, it yeah. Let me, I don't know why I wasn't doing that. I have the spreadsheet up actually. Oh, okay. Uh, YouTube paste. There we go. And this is the Logan Lucky trailer. Whoops. Oh, I got to go back now. All right. So I'm at zero. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? And yep. three now. Oh, it's a soda I'm just gonna say it. I gotta let you go. You were just fired. I was let go for liability reasons involving insurance. I'm already in. And I love what you. What is that guy? <laughs> you need to show a little respect. Oh, Adam Driver's only got one arm. Charlotte Motor Speedway. I know how they move the money. The only guy who knows anything about blowing up real Here bank vaults is Joe Bang. I am in car, sir, right dead. <laughs> yeah, we got a plan to get you out. Well. The Coca-Cola 600 is the biggest race of the year. We need a computer whiz. I know everything there is to know about computers, okay? <laughs> All the Twitters, I know them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Coca-Cola 600. How many yards away is the vault? 20 yards. I don't know, maybe 30. Is it 20 or is it 30? We are dealing with science here. (laughs) (laughs) I love loving Adam Driver in this too, even though I haven't heard him say anything. My life of crime is over. Oh, she's really stupid. <laughs> it's been handled. All this. Amy Holmes. Oh, man. I haven't seen her in anything in ages. That looks like it hurts. This scene coming up here. Daniel Craig shading in the backseat. I want awesome. everything on Jimmy Logan. What the fuck is Hillary Swinton in? I know. She's been gone for a while, too. I said no bacon. I said no bacon. <laughs> you Mogans must be as simple-minded as people say. People say that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give me my arm, please? Is it this one? <laughs> oh, that looks fun. <laughs> oh, doesn't that look great? I mean, geez. So I, I have a theory on Hollywood. I got all kinds of theories. I always got theories. You know that. I'm glad. Let's hear it. So right now, Hollywood is making these big budget fucking superhero movies, right? Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, most people, I, it's so funny because it's like actors that you would not expect 
to aspire to make it into a Marvel movie, it's almost shifted like that. Like that's how they know they've established themselves now is if they make it into one of these big franchises. Right. But the nice thing is, is like, this is we I've noticed in the last four months, I'm starting, we're, we're starting to see this shift where like mid mid range actors, actors that would like, might every now and then pull in a big blockbuster, but for the most part, we're kind of just making like small shit. They're making this like independent almost shit because that's the only stuff that's deviating from this like superhero plan right now. So, so like these small little films, I feel like this Logan Lucky or baby driver or what have you, like they're able to get these phenomenal casts because these people are like, well, I'm not in a big budget franchise and that's all like studios are making right now and so they're getting these like these little films that these smaller films uh that even is demeaning or sounds demeaning just like non-superhero films i feel like in in if you were to compare them to their hierarchy in hollywood they would not be pulling in the caliber of actors and actresses if it wouldn't be that it's so hard. There's such an exclusivity to what they're looking for in what they're making in mainstream Hollywood right now. Um, well, and I've heard this thing uh, about the kind of the era of the actor being the driving force of what opens a movie being, and well, not that the era is over, but that that paradigm has shifted yeah. a bit that there are very, very few actors who can, that that used to be, and I used to go to movies based on that oh, as sure. well. Like I would go and see every every movie by this actor, or that actress. Will Smith but, was uh, considered the Fourth of July king, you know. Like was oh yeah yeah. I remember too with him that uh, he was. I remember reading that he was very deliberate in his sort of quest for stardom. Like he analyzed what were the top grossing movies and like kind of what was the mo of. And so that he could be in those projects. And that's why he ended up in like these science fiction movies and stuff right? to kind of position himself in that way. But yeah, now it's gotten to where, yeah, what opens movies is not, uh, you know, Brad Pitt can't open movies, even though he's Brad Pitt right. and, and Johnny Depp either, all these kind of, now granted, maybe that's kind of older. Well, and Johnny Depp know, is making shit recently. Like there's that too. Yeah, I suppose that he's not help, too choosy but... with his projects <laughs> as he used to be. Yeah, well, and, uh, you hear that, Johnny Depp? But, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for holding that. Look, I snapped the picture. <laughs> I have a, how about you? I get some more tusk out of you and a little less. Oh, Jack Sparrow. Right. All right. Oh, and he. If have you seen Yoga Hosers yet? Uh, I I have. <laughs> you try, did you see you the know, whole thing? I, here's the thing. This is this has been a long time coming. <laughs> I I th- I I mean Kevin Kevin Smith's films. I think even he would hard to, would be would admit that are just like for their first certain person. And I, I don't know. They just don't speak to me the way they used to. Tusk was a great, like that one really blew me away. I was totally blown away with Tusk. But I think part of that was like 
casting um uh who's that uh Jeremy Oh Michael um not Michael Rooker Michael Parks Yeah like he was awesome and Justin Long that's the, that was the other guy right isn't that his name Yeah uh he's fantastic I love him They just really sold that movie I I don't know Yoga Hosers really was hard for me to get and I I think maybe if I would listen to Smodcast and hear the episodes that these are based off of, uh, well, uh, maybe that's where I should start. So do did you listen to, do you know the episode of Smodcast that like Yoga Hosers, where they discuss like the idea for Yoga Hosers? <laughs> yeah, though it wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, like what the movie is. I think <laughs> Mosher just like said, Yoga in this kind of so I think the the part of it that really came from a podcast was the Justin Long yoga instructor. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Which that uh, yeah, is no, fantastic. But the like the underground Nazi lair with the saw like the the Bratsies and just like and his but his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter are hilarious in there. Johnny Depp is hilarious in it. Like all yeah, the, he's, yeah, he's in it so much yeah. more. Like, in that way. and like all of it is, <laughs> all the elements are good. It just, I don't know what. It's so campy. It's almost like, I feel like his movies has almost become like trauma movies. You know what I mean? Like that's a great compare. I could see that completely yeah. with these uh, um, these movies. The Tuscan, and and and, and trauma movies are a very acquired taste, like very 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 acquired taste. Um. So, but and I it, it just I mean sometimes they speak to me and sometimes they don't. I there was a really long period of Kevin Smith's career that I just completely have not even consumed. So his whole um, his whole. Uh, Bruce Willis phase, like uh, that whole era of directing. I don't even know any of his projects. Like his Jersey stuff, of course. Zach and Miri. I love Zach and Miri. Like that movie was so. Like I wish he would make more of those. Like they're just. That's the Kevin Smith that I love. That like endearing, like. Love is everywhere. I just feel like that, like he did, he did love stories really well. Cause that's really like the whole Jersey trilogy, Zach and Miri, like that's the root of those stories is like, there's two people and, that are in dogma too. dogma. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's just like that whole, I, 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 I think all of them have that, like the, the two people are in love and it takes the whole movie for them to figure that out. And that's just like, that's just like really good Hollywood storytelling. I don't care what, what director you are. If that, if that's, if that happens in your story, that's just like a trope in Hollywood, you know? And yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like those are the ones that I really like the best. And these, these other than like Tusk did strike me in some way. Although the ending is haunting that like <laughs> Jesus. The, I mean, the, the fucking idea of that movie is so preposterous. But the last five minutes, I, I mean, I'm playing them right now in my head and I am like, I am empty. Like there's a piece of my soul that just died. I felt it. Like, it's just so <laughs> yeah. like, 
Michael Parks is 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 fighting Justin Long, who's been sewn into a wall or something. Yeah, it, but, but but like I'm even thinking like so it's his girlfriend and his best friend who are fucking each other behind his back while he's going and getting tortured, and he gets so psychologically broken that it's easier to let him continue to live his life as a walrus than to try to rehabilitate him. So they're in their pen. And when he sees them there looking at him, it reminds him of his humanity and he can't handle it and has a breakdown. Like that shit fucking sticks with you. Like that's twisted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can feel, I can do my best to fill you in on on the Cliff's notes version of Kevin Smith's career from then to now. (laughs) I I just, I mean, we don't have to do that right this second. I'm just, I, I like, I, I wish he would go back to doing Jersey stuff. Cause that's the stuff that really, I mean, I guess that's just what we all want. We want what we fell in love with. Right. And he can only, well, they, they are going to shoot a Jay and silent Bob, a reboot or something like that. Like that's, it's a sequel to Jay and silent Bob strike back starting in August. Um, but here, so here's the, so without like filling in the gap of those years, which I could easily do the, 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 the other truth of it is like, he well, he could tell new stories, I guess, in that vein, in theory. Um, but he can't really go like back to like they were gonna make Clerks Three, right? Was gonna happen a few years ago, and they haven't said this outright, but they've all but said it. Basically, Jeff Anderson is not gonna let that movie happen. Who's Jeff Anderson? And I, Which Jeff Anderson is Randall. Okay. Um, and it's really his story, but I'm pretty sure what that is is that. Um, Miramax never really paid him what they were supposed to for Clerks 2 and they're, I don't think they're ever going to uh, I think he's just like fuck that I'm not gonna yeah. you know these pe- people cause yeah you don't I mean yeah Jeff Anderson is though he's not an actor and other things really like he his there's nobody else that could play right. Randall and his voice and his mannerisms and stuff are so inextricably linked with that character and also the success of that character that and the success of those films i mean i I think he carried both of those (laughs) films on his back during certain points you know yeah yeah and i think that that's been a sticking point from early on with him and the and the and the few askew people but then also ultimately with the mirror max thing so anyway he's and Kevin Smith has not been shitty about it or even named him, but essentially that's why Clerks 3 is not going to happen. But then they rolled it into, uh, okay, we're going to do a Mallrats sequel. Yeah, and then that was supposed to be <laughs> and, a television show too, right? And then it, that then they pitched that to television, and I'm not sure, that, I don't think that that's found a home yet. And and so <laughs> then, then uh, so like Kevin Smith is trying to do these things with his old characters. Like people want me to do something with my old characters. I'm kind of excited too as well. I've got these stories to tell. I can't get these fucking movies right. made. And um, so that's eventually, and he's on, on the side, he's off doing like what they call the true North trilogy, which is to, this all Canadian stuff. So right. Tusky Ogahosers, and there's going to be moose jaws, which is jaws with a moose. Oh, uh, that <laughs> now that I'm excited for, uh, you know, all, all sort of stoner fantasies in a way. Right. But they are, um, they very much are. And like, they they all have the same feeling to them and uh man i well sort of i mean tusk doesn't feel like yoga hosers to no, me but they, like, no yoga but yoga hosers feels like like scott pilgrim they look the same though they just have this 
they have a style to them that I they definitely fit in the same trilogy. I feel like, and Haley Joel Osment, yeah. I, like I'm so this that is one thing I do love about like Kevin Smith is like he has this ability, it, it, just like Quentin Tarantino, where they just like they just pull people in, and you're just like, oh, that's like it's so nice to see them on the screen again, you know, like. I love fat Haley Joe Osmond and uh, <laughs> yoga hosers. That that's that's yeah. classic. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. But so the, the the yeah now the Jay and Silent Bob thing and uh, so it sounds dumb. I mean, like you say that, I could see your <laughs> eyes roll and stuff. But but so yeah, he's one in, I, he can't do Clerks. The well, album that probably will never happen. Yeah. He couldn't. He may or may not be able to do Mallrats. But it's like he could do this Jay and Silent Bob movie. So what they're doing is. It's a scent like the first one was a send up of kind of Hollywood stuff. You know, Jay and Silent Bob, the, the, the minor comic book characters have to go and stop a movie getting made because they want the money. <laughs> right. Now they're, they're making fun of reboots by making a reboot. Oh, <laughs> so, that's awesome. So they're trying to get, there's going to be a reboot made and they're trying to go get the reboot stopped, but some, I don't know. So (laughs) hopefully it'll be as fun as it sounds. I love Jay and Silent Bob as the characters they were in the original Jersey trilogy. And then when they got their own movie, it just got old fast. And I, I feel like, um, dogma was a good balance of how can we make Jay and Silent Bob more major characters Without giving him the whole fucking movie, you right, know. Right, right, yeah, uh, I yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> Though I love, I do love Jane Silent Bob Strike Back for the most part. Everything that's not Shannon Elizabeth, yeah. I really enjoy. She bugs me quite a bit. Well, I mean, I I just feel like like chasing Amy, that that movie, really, as far as like Jersey movies goes, yeah, it has Jane Silent Bob in it, but it's really not. I I don't feel like it centers around like like clerks and mall rats do it doesn't center around that like kid culture maybe that's part of it um oh yeah yeah well i so i i definitely recognize a lot of yeah so without turning though this i did i should say this episode is gonna be called the passion of the clerks which of course was the 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 original title for clerks too was the passion oh yeah 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 that's true um but so, yeah, so I don't I won't do the whole thing, but like, you know, we know the movies we know, there was always like Jay and Silent Bob will return in this. So as early as Clerks, their do- dogma existed. And so right. this is, you know, and an, an, our new voice's early work kind of ex- expressing the things that he's experienced and his views on the world and, you know, uh, telling it like it is as a 20 something in a way that we hadn't quite heard for our, our generation. And then um, by the time, you, though, you get, through so dogma is teased at the end of clerks which was like filmed in 1993 so dogma had already been right um and then i think what ended up happening was you know because the career took off they their next opportunity like these guys uh, you know from jersey and canada respectively with kevin smith scott Mosier, they thought you know we'd make a they both went to same film school and it was like whichever one of us comes up with the script first we'll make that movie and Kevin Smith dropped out of film school while Scott Mosier finished it and he wrote Clerks. And so he finished first. And so they started this trajectory and Clerks, you know, could easily have not gone anywhere. Right. Like it, it was, it was shown at this small, at this, at this festival 
where almost no one was in the theater. Uh, almost, literally almost no one. I think I, they gave a number. It's in the single digits. And it was like the cast. But it's so funny because I had an experience like this. Like I made that documentary about the making of my remaking The Crow. And it was in a film festival. And no one was at the screening. <laughs> um, there were like two or three people down front that I didn't know. Because it was like in New York. I didn't know anyone there. Um, but uh, the difference in Kevin Smith's story, other than having made Clerks <laughs> instead of the documentary about the remaking of The Crow. Um, which incidentally, like when I was in that festival, there was like, I got word from the festival that Miramax had expressed interest. And at first it's like, oh, that sounds very interesting. But then I was like, oh, right. They're probably just looking after their property right. and deciding whether or not to sue right. me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, in any event, so um, there was a guy in the audience there named Bob Hawk. I think there's a documentary about him recently. Who is, who's the, the, the difference between, you know, complete obscurity and years and years of credit card debt for Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier to like them getting a career. But the next step was that Universal, you know, was like, well, we want to remake Clerks in color. And that eventually became Mallrats. Right. You know? uh, so they're kind of got this thing that they thought would be a calling card or whatever became the template for their career. And then uh, that kind of carried forward and they were trying to go back to the well or do something more, less studio-based. They felt, I think, like maybe they got derailed with Mallrats, even though it's beloved now. Um, and as many people's kind of gateway drug to the Kevin Smith. That was the first one I Google. saw. <laughs> Me too, yeah. And I initially rented it because I thought maybe I'd see Shannon Doherty's boobs. Yep, but you <laughs> don't. Uh, no, you see Joey Lauren Adams. And uh, and <laughs> one of the Chrissies from Three's Company. Oh, that's right. And she's got an extra yeah, yeah. An extra nipple. <laughs> How can I forget? What are you talking about? It's as clear as day. Look at it for God's sake. But so then so then they go back and they make Chasing Amy, and from that they kind of get their groove back, which that movie barely has Jay and Silent Bob. Right. You know, they they toss him in there, but I and I and love then, it. I then love they get the opportunity Chasing to make Amy. Dogma. So, Chasing Amy is so good. Like I love it. Love it. When, of course, that came out of real life stuff, too. Like he talks about, well, it was well documented on the laser disc jacket. <laughs> but, you know, on Mall Rats, he fell in love with Joey Lauren Adams. And suddenly this small town Jersey guy ha- has a relationship with a Hollywood actress who's had this past. And he tries to reconcile yeah. it with his his inexperience as a as from coming from where he did. But also that's mixed a little bit with um, a movie that was on the same uh, film festival circuit as clerks was a movie called go fish, which was a black and white kind of lesbian story. So they, they would be on the same panels, the filmmakers from go fish. I'm blanking on her name. I feel bad, but, um, Gwen Turner, I think is her name. And, uh, but essentially Scott Moser sort of, it was like Scott Moser kind of fell in love with this, this lesbian, it wasn't as dramatic as chasing Amy, but so Kevin Smith, again, he's like taking real life, marrying this sort of male insecurity he was feeling with his Hollywood actress with what Scott Moser went through having this kind of crush on a, on a lesbian to, you know, to know of it. And he makes this heartfelt, you know, come to age story. And then they get to make dogma, which he'd written years and years ago, finally comes out in 99, but it's got a lot of Jay and Bob. And then after that, like Muse was having a lot of drug problems, et cetera. And I think he wanted to close the book on the Jersey verse, as it right. were. It was supposed to be three, and then it kind of grown beyond that. 
And so they make this send up of the whole thing. And it's like the biggest in joke movie of all time with Jay and Silent Bob strike back. And now at this point, like their friend, the friends are the, their friends that are actors are now like winning Oscars, like Matt Damon and, and Ben Affleck. It's literally on dogma. Like they had just won an Oscar for Goodwill hunting, right? Which Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier helped, you know, bring to, they brought that to the folks at Miramax. Cause like they became friends with Affleck on mall rats. Uh. So all this is like, you know, guys in their, in their twenties, like going through some shit and putting it in movies and making comedies. But by the time you get to Jay and Bob strike back, they're literally making fun of themselves. Right. They're parodying themselves. And after that, Kevin Smith, so he's going to close the book on the Jersey movies. And so he makes Jersey Girl, which I, to this day, I really think that's a lovely movie. I, I'm a big fan of that movie. Because there's a lot of shit because it came out around the same time as Geely. And people were pissed off at Ben Affleck and Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Lopez. really what sunk Jersey Girl was Geely. Yeah. And, and probably, too, that people were tired of that couple. But also, probably from Kevin Smith, they wanted the thing that they were familiar with. And that wasn't it. But uh, but that was him telling a story kind of like Chase Amy. We're like, now Kevin Smith's a new father. He's kind of telling that story a little bit. Right. Uh, from his perspective. But it's a real, like, nice, like, Hollywood movie. Then after, so then people are pissed about that. And like mall rats, people pissed, they like swing the pendulum. So then they make Clerks 2, which is a great, like those guys 10 years later. Right. Did you ever see on the DVD where like he's, he's, he watches a rough cut at his house with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez? No. You ever seen that? Oh man. Oh, it's great. It's like, he literally watches it with those two guys. Rodriguez is working on Sin City. Uh, Tarantino's probably, he, he's already put out Kill Bill. And these guys kind of came up together and they're like giving them pointers on the thing and on the movie and that, you know, they love it. That's and awesome. That movie got clerks too, got like a 10 minute standing ovation at can, I think. Yeah, no, it was great. great. great it movie. was great. Fantastic. Yeah. So in that movie, in some ways, I'm pretty sure knowing as much as I do about Kevin Smith comes from at that point in their relationship, him with him, Scott Mosier, like, I think Mosier was done making movies for Miramax at that point. Like, I think he was just fed up. Yeah. Like, because remember I said before that their agreement was whoever finishes their script or whatever first will make their movie. So Mosier just fell into this supporting role of Kevin Smith's career of, like, making shit happen as a producer. Right. But th maybe that wasn't what he wanted always to do. And so I th I'm pretty sure that the kind of th thread in Clerks 2 with, uh, you know... Um, uh, Dante was going to move away, not work at this, you know, with, or be near Randall. And there's that thing where he blows up. He's like, if I would have known you were going to leave me like this, I never would have bothered with you in the first place. Right. I think again, it was like coming from this real place, but by the time you get to Zach and Mira make a porno, the, the, their next film, it's not that they're making fun of themselves like Jay and silent Bob, but it literally is pretty much the story of the making of clerks trying to, to like spin it with doing this kind of love story thing that worked in chasing Amy. And also just the fact that even though they never broke beyond like the $30 million <laughs> movie opening club, like it was always this kind of cult movies, right. their movies, the, um, that same humor had been popularized in a big bad way by the Judd Apatow. Crew. Right. So I, I remember them saying like, this was you know, it tested well and they thought it was going to be 
huge because it was like all the best things about their movies, but also the Apatow, like Seth Rogen was on, you know, in the movie and everything. And that movie tanked. Bad. Yeah. So bad that like it was bad. Because like, it, it had the word porno the time. in the title. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, it's no, but well, again, it's like Kevin Smith them. associated with the word porno in the title of a movie. I don't think he ever recovered from the dogma stigma. Like he like makes that a big joke about how he went and protested his own movie and everything. But that like that sparked this like protest bug with people in his movies, I feel like. And I think he gets roped in along with like Quentin Tarantino and his violence and Robert Rodriguez and his violence and um, Kevin, Kevin Smith and his language and drug use. Yeah, and sort of filthiness. Yeah, and filthiness and like yeah. unabashed filthiness, you know? Yeah, like it's an affront yeah. to <laughs> the Catholic, yeah, and the Catholic like, League of Decency is what it is. Um, yeah. I, I, and I mean, and you think Zach and Mary make a porno, there are some, sh- like, there's some fucking graphic things in that movie. Like, <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, of course, yeah. There's the shit that comes out on uh, on Jeff Anderson's yeah, face. Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> and pretty uh, awful. The, uh, they call her Bubbles. <laughs> Her name Bubbles. You well, know, like yeah. <laughs> uh that Craig T. Robinson is such a bad oh, movie. Yeah, he... I actually don't I'm not a I I do not think that movie works super well for me. Like the love story in that doesn't work. The love story. But I doesn't just love know. to watch I love to watch those performers. Everyone in that movie, it's just so fun to like see doing their thing, whether it's Seth Rogan or Elizabeth Banks or Craig or Craig uh not Craig Nelson. What the fuck? Craig Robinson. Uh, or um Justin Long's hilarious as like as uh what's his character's name? He's is Bobby Long's boyfriend. Yeah. Um uh, and he talks in that very deep voice. I can't I can't begin oh. this deep in this. <laughs> oh like yeah. all kinds of oh. movies with all male casts. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I make I make French artistic films. Like yeah. <laughs> like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is like like Glenn and Gary drop <laughs> Ross's yeah. hairy balls and Ross's yeah. eager mouth. Or <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I don't think that movie works super well, I do find myself returning to it to watch for fun. But it, it, there's a anyway, lot of funny like, shit that, in that though. Like I like oh, yeah. I love the oh yeah the Dutch rudder. I think is one of the funniest sex bits ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, and right. when when Jay comes out and he's like all naked and goofy and he's got his like really bad dentures in, so he like kind of like hums when he talks and he's like, yeah. Oh no, man, it's like this, like. See, I'm going to put my hand on my dick and then you put your hand on my arm and then now start moving your arm. See, that's making my arm move, which makes me stroke my dick. That's a Dutch rudder like that. Yeah. Like that. Feels good, sir. <laughs> and then like later on when they come back to the joke, like and he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I met him. And she's like, did he make you Dutch rudder him? <laughs> like, like, yeah. He made me too. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny story about that I love where it's like that's the tail end of like Affleck and Kevin Smith hanging out and those guys and so he showed him the the movie and the first thing like Affleck said <laughs> like after he watched it he's like the thing about Muse's dick <laughs> he's so pissed he's like what the fuck he's like cause um everybody in that group had seen Muse's dick a lot he just whips it out <laughs> and so Affleck is like, what the fuck with Muse's dick? <laughs> and, and, uh, and it was something like, 
he's like, I guarantee you that guy is like, you know, two strokes from total liftoff. <laughs> you know, indicating yeah. that it wasn't just like in his normal state. Right. And, uh, uh, and then <laughs> Kevin Smith told Muse that, and Muse was like, that's not me on the way going up, man. That's me on the way going down. <laughs> <laughs> indicating that there was some stimulus involved, but it was just prior as opposed yeah. to... Uh, anyway, but... Yeah, so, but the thing was, is like, that movie didn't do well, and it's just like he can't get movies made now. Um, if you can't get the money to make the movies, then, you know, you can't can't make the, the films you want to make. And so then he ended up, like, directing for Warner Brothers with Cop Out, and that did not go well for him. And um, and then he quit directing after that for, That's for a while. That's the one where, like, Bruce Red Willis, State. like, bullied him as a director, right? Like, as an actor? Yeah, like, he just refused to do yeah. things. At a certain point, he's like, Bruce Willis is, like, going up to Kevin Smith and be like, you want to take a swing at me? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I like, know, it's crazy. But yeah, so then, like, he quit directing and did the did po- podcasting and various versions of that full-time. And then then he made Red State, which he was like, this, to me, is, like, sort of a spiritual I need to watch to that clerks. one. Red, oh, you never seen no, Red I State? No, I need to watch that one. Oh, you should see that. That is That's like uh, the cult one, right? It's a complete outlier of the rest. Yeah. And what he was saying at the time was like, this is the kind of movie. So he, it's him trying to make a like a Tarantino movie by way of the Coen brothers, what he had said. But even that, I don't feel like is a very good description. It's a movie you would not watch and be like, Kevin Smith made this. Yeah. It uh, It's a little bit funny, kind of sometimes. Not really, though. It's just like a horror movie. But like one that's truly uns- it's not like weird like Tusk. It's just like fucked up or like disturbing. and that's got Michael Parks um, in it too, right or whatever. That's where he first used Michael Parks to this incredible. Yeah, thing. yeah. I I, can, I recommend that really highly to check. I out. started. Um, I start did start it, um, but I don't remember. I I know I didn't finish it. So I've only I've only seen it once. It's it's like you said before. Or it's like I, it's not really what I want to watch from Kevin Smith. But but it it really was very impressive. But what I was getting at was like that he was saying, basically he give, he would give the kind of story that I just gave you about what happened to him after clerks, where if he were just, he, you know, he could have jumped around and made all these different kinds of movies because those are all living in the, his head. Right. But these are the movies he had an opportunity to make and kind of develop that universe. And obviously I'm glad he did. And now he, he and then he was like quit movies. He wasn't going to make them. Um, even after Red State, he said after Red State that was going to be it. Um, and he kind of burnt bridges with critics and all this. And uh, but then uh, I think it was ultimately Tusk that got him to do it, where he decided that like from now on he would only make movies that like no one else would bother to make <laughs> and just make them for his own. Amusement. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, he gets he finds investors and then kind of makes the the small amount of money back for these these smaller movies. Which I remember him saying, like, somebody gave him the money for Tusk, and they they, they told him, like, I just want to see if you could do it. <laughs> uh, and they they did they put that movie out like in in way more theaters than they should have. The Bride and I went to see it, and I think we were the only one in our theater. Yeah. And we came out and there was like a questionnaire about like, how'd you hear about the movie and stuff? Yeah. And I knew, I knew from being such a big fan of his and stuff that they were, they must've been trying to figure out if they could open a movie based on podcasts. Yeah. Podcasts alone. Cause they didn't do other kinds of marketing. Yeah. Anyway, but so now he's doing those, but it has a chance to like, you know, re- he was hoping to like revisit the, you know, clerks 
then 10 years later, he did Clerks 2, and I think he was hoping to do, like, this the story of these guys in their 40s, yeah. but now, now that's not happening. In any event, it's like, he's Which so far so, removed like, why from Why can't the, Kevin that, Smith just fucking give Randall the money? Like, just give him the money, and then, then, you, then you can make Clerks 2, you know? like Oh, that's interesting. Well, I guess, obviously, I don't know the true story. <laughs> there might yeah, be more to it and than I, that. And I, and uh, I, should, I mean, it's still the principle behind it, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, and it might just be that he really doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Like he had to, he really had to convince him to do Clerks too. Um, but in any event, what I like, kind of the whole thing is like what we love about those early movies. What's so affecting about them is like this guy really speaking from his heart. And now, I don't know. He's he's in his late forties, right? And yeah. uh, he's really more speaking to like this kind of whimsy than any kind of. This, there's no like, uh, what's the word? There's no like, can't think of the right. You know, there's not that kind of like hunger or it, need to do this. Like when you're young and you have these stories that, and you need to prove yourself and you really need to communicate something. Yeah. Because you just can't help it. <laughs> like, like there's no he's message at the point now where. Or- yeah, or there's know. just it's the the stakes aren't that high for him personally. I think, you know, like Tusk Yoza, Yoga Hosers, they're just kind of they're these little f- weird fantasies, these stoner so fantasies. So are, um, are they? And so that can be fun in its own way, but it's not affecting like a guy that's like just as he would say, he's like in his early movies, he just like he just like pulled his heart out and put it on the table. And that, he's like, I wasn't necessarily a filmmaker so much as I was a storyteller. And, and he did not do well yeah, when just, that if that was not received well. Like that, I think that was right. the other piece yes. of it. And he'll admit that that he let critics get yeah. in his head. Um mm-hmm. okay. Absolutely. I'm yeah. kind of having trouble like you, like keeping my breath like, like you had like one time. That's oh, weird. That's yeah, it just it's just I know I'm I'm a fucking train wreck right now that is, that that would that would be a whole nother tangent if we started going down that road right now I think I'm, I'm up for it if it'll make you feel better no I mean it won't make me feel better it's just like this is all like physical pain like getting old just sucks like just <laughs> yeah. sucks so oh, I know <laughs> I've been having knee problems uh, really bad and then like because I've been favoring my right knee my back started to go out and so then my back was going out oh, and then God. it's like, this is so fucking outrageous. So this past weekend I was in the shower and I went to step out of the shower and I slipped and I was going to fall and I caught myself. I can't do it. Cause like my shoulder will go out of socket again, oh, but no. I'm pretty sure I tore my rotator cuff because like I, I caught myself as I was falling out of the shower, uh, like when you're just facing out of the shower, there's like a little alcove that like the cat box is in there in our hamper. Like you can't see it from the rest of the bathroom. You can only see it if you like walk back to that back part of the bathroom. And so I went to fall and I would have fallen like into the cat box, but I like caught myself on the, on the corner that's right there with my right arm above my head. But the rest of my body kept going and I tried to like stop myself and I felt four distinct like pops and like crunches in my shoulder and instantly like 
I could not like support my weight on my arm anymore. It's not like it hurt. It, I mean, it hurt. That's, oh fuck. Did it hurt? I, I never thought like, I, I always heard people talk about like dislocating a, a joint is like one of the most painful things they've ever felt. Like it, it's not that it was the most painful thing I've ever felt. It's just, it's completely disarming. It like happens so fast. Like your only reaction is to scream. Like that's all. Oh, so like my, uh, my <laughs> arm is like limp by my side. I'm dripping wet. That's what she said. I'm literally, you know how, like when you put your legs under the couch, how like you can use your leg muscles to like, kind of like float up from the couch and you like do like, like if this was the couch, you stick your legs underneath it like this. And then you can like, you like float, use your leg muscles to like bend up and down. I'm like teetering in the bathtub, naked, wet, dripping wet. That's what she And like said. teetering there. And I got one arm and I can't get up. And Ash is like running up the stair. Oh, it was so horrendous. So like now I can't put my arm up over my. Like she heard yeah, you. Yeah. Because I fell. It was terrible. You fell? Yeah, I fell. Knocked out my ass. <laughs> oh, no. But you kind of caught yourself. You didn't actually get oh, so man, far. Oh, man. Yeah, I wasn't. And that's I how you hurt yourself. I wasn't even catch like- it. But now it's like my entire right bot side of my body is just like wrecked from my shoulder down to my knee. Cause it's like my oh, right shoulder is like all fucking crunchy and I can't put my arm up over my head. Like all this hurt. Oh man, that hurts so bad. Like, oh, that oh, hurts no. so bad. And then like my back is fucking going out. That's still like I've been sitting with an ice pack all day, I feel like, and that's still it hasn't done anything. And then my knee oh, is still man. wrecked. So it's just fucking getting old sucks. And then I feel like I know it's just because I'm too big. You know, I just need to lose weight and not eat a, a loaf of bread every time we record and <laughs> then order a pizza and like go downstairs after we're done recording and order a pizza and eat a big piece of cake. And uh, that's just crazy. That's uh, it's good. It's good that you're married to Ash and not me because I'm. Yeah, I I would like to think that if we were actually partners, that I I could help you help yourself in that way. But like when you say order a pizza, I'm just like, right on. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's like that kind of shit, and then that's the kind of shit that gets me into trouble. So I gotta I gotta like make the change. I gotta make the change. I did the smoking thing. I did that. Now I gotta make the yeah fuck. make the eating change. So have, have you ever done something that's been especially uh, successful? For you that you're like, oh, I should do this again, kind of thing. You mean eating wise? Or yeah, that uh, was effective for you in losing. Oh weight no! If I would have done to. that, I think I would have lost weight. Like none, like oh, oh so you haven't found yeah. the right thing. Um, I mean, you know, the closest thing, it, it, I so I completely subscribe to the. It's all about like calorie intake and calorie burning. That's at the bottom. It's all an equation. And if you want to lose weight, you need to burn more calories than you take in. It's bottom line. And every diet, if you boil it down to that, like um, Ash was really, uh, she had found the ketogenic diet. She wanted to try that after we were done with the whole 30, which that's like the first stage of Atkins, basically, where it's like a high protein Mm. and fat and really, really micro carbs um, every day. And it puts in basically like forces your, it siphons fat basically like because you're only consuming fat, your body gets in the habit of processing fat, which then 
will it will process your body fat. But even that diet, like, you know, people look at that diet and they're like, oh man, I can put heavy whipping cream in my coffee and eat butter with every meal. That doesn't mean though that you can continue to eat 5,000 calories a day. Like you still have to cut, like cut down to like, you know, 2,000 calories a day to maintain. And if you want to lose weight, then you're going less than that. So you still have to go into a caloric deficit every day if you want to lose weight. That's just the bottom line. It doesn't matter what diet that you're doing. So I subscribe to that and I try to think like, I can eat anything I want, but then that's part of my brain. And then the other part of my brain is, you know, I, I was very successful. Like my ancestors were very successful hunters and gatherers. Like they were the ones that did really good walking for four days in between meals, you know? Uh, And then their body was really efficient at that when on that fourth day, when they would get a meal, They'd gorge themselves and then their body would store that energy to be used over the next four days between the next meal, you know? Oh, yeah. And so then when my ancestors, like all the you skinny bastards who like just like were suffering in the hunter gathering state, like the stage of our existence, uh, who couldn't make it the four days, who had to eat every day to survive, uh, you know, that the agricultural lifestyle really fit you guys because that led to an abundance of food anytime you needed it and leisure time. Like you weren't, you didn't have to burn energy all the time, just constantly looking for the next meal. Well, when I, when my ancestors tried to do that, like their body types, like didn't take well to that. Like they still thought they could eat until they would gorge. And then, so I think there's this big genetic makeup in it where it's like, you know, maybe I should, I don't know. Like it, it, it's just all crazy. I'm rambling now. No, I was, I was, I, I was following that. Um, I, I yeah, the, I think the genetics is, is plays into it huge. I yeah. mean, obviously you can, I, I, I did, I've only once really successfully lost weight, like in my adult life. And I was at the time 25 so there's that, <laughs> but also I was, I was working like nights at a factory and so like 12 hour shifts. And so I would, I just stopped like bringing lunches and stuff. Like I was eating ramen noodles and shit, and I, but like, I just hated packing things. So I just stopped and I, was, and I basically didn't eat anything like for that 12 hours, just sort of at a convenience. Um, and laziness, I guess. Uh, and then I would come home and I would like do this, like kind of, it's not an exercise bike. It's called a power rider. <laughs> my mom had had. <laughs> and so I was you know, like living in my parents' basement, newly divorced <laughs> and working at this factory. I'd come home, everyone else was still asleep. And I would, um, I get on this power rider for like 45 minutes. And then I think I like ate a bagel with an egg or something like that and then went to sleep. But I was like exhausted. So I'd be asleep pretty soon thereafter. And it was like two days on, two days off or three days on, two days off, that kind of thing. Um, and I lost a lot of weight at that time. And um, I also was not really drinking very much. Yeah. Like So there's that. Uh, but yeah, I, and, and since then I would try various things and always 
yeah, I've never found anything to be very successful. And obviously I have not repeated that lifestyle, but, uh, so I've read some books and, and one was Gary Taubes, uh, why we get fat and what to do about it, which essentially is not a diet book. And it's, and it's like a more digestible for lack of, for, to pardon the pun version of this good calories, bad calories. And this guy basically does not subscribe to like what you're talking about and thinks that the medical paradigm should be shifted. And the whole thing is based around that. And if it really came down to anything, it would come down to carbs, I guess, in that respect. And I did that actually for a while. So, but then I went into the doctor and, and my levels and all that were just fucked, which I think they are for me genetically anyways, for cholesterol and such. So I took that opportunity to change something. And then I had the year that I had with butt getting cut off and everything. So <laughs> I'm not sure how those numbers have gone, yeah. but, um, I did switch the, from, from that diet, which wasn't doing, wasn't making any noticeable change, but I read this other book called by Tracy Mann, uh, called secrets from the eating lab, the science of weight loss, the myth of willpower and why should never diet again. And so th- this is like based around this many, you know, years of research where they bring people in and they don't really tell them that they're being tested about their eating habits, but they are. <laughs> um, and the it kind of all centers around what would be your leanest livable weight is what they call. So it's like you have this hard reset that's based on everything that you were talking about, like your your ancestry and your your genes and your genetic makeup that you and her, her thing is basically like, if you really want to drastically change your body, like it has to be the primary focus of your entire right. life. And, and, and like the one time that I described a drastic change in my own, it pretty much was. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, all you can, it's like, so you can really deprive yourself all the time or you can pass that, you know, can, you know, if somebody brings in donuts to the office, you pass it like 20 times in the day, but all it takes is one time out of those 20 times to actually eat the donut and it's all undone, you know? And it's like, so it's like, there's not, so that's why she says the myth of willpower. It's because like it took tremendous willpower to go by those 19 times and not take it. Right. And, and, and ultimately that one donut, like it, you're, it's not going to make or break your entire um, physical makeup. And so she, that's why she's saying like never diet again, like basically try to establish some, healthy eating habits, you know, like <laughs> that's kind of, she, I didn't get that example from her book, but the idea when I would like put all this junk food in the car and back it up to the garage <laughs> so that I couldn't get it. <laughs> she, <laughs> she would advocate more like, you know, just have fruit within arm's reach and maybe put the other stuff to where you have to go get it. Cause it, that extra <clears throat> effort might dissuade right. you, but again, it's not going to like change everything. Um, so I, I've alternated between some of these more extreme or like solutions. And actually for myself in the last year or so, I've just been in a point of having to focus on other, like I, I couldn't really worry about weight loss so much cause I had to worry about other stuff. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I have a frustration with that too. Yeah. I, and it's just, I, and I mean, shit, I'd kill to look like you. I, and that's the other piece of it, you know, and like Ash said, because I was really kind of getting down on myself for just being, I, I mean, I'm just like so big. I just like, I'm, and this is the first time, I think these last like six to eight months has been the first time in my life that my, I, I have physically noticed my size and it impacting my life where uh, up to that point, mm. my size was never an issue, you know? 
Hmm. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a Debbie Downer to end on. Well, I guess what I, the kind of general thing, though, is like you got to obviously you have to really want to make a change, but then you have to find something that works for you. That's not just like, right. you know, the whole 30 obviously was a nightmare. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it I, would be for I me did too. do like I, I went through uh, couch to 5K successfully. Mm. Yeah, that's insane to me. Um, like, <laughs> and uh, got a, like I ran a five k, you know, all the way from start yeah, to finish. That's and incredible. Like, I mean, run is a relative term. It took a really long time for me to run it, and uh, but it's like I was jogging regularly. Like I went out, would go out on on two mile jogs. You know, like whoa, uh, I could have handled so that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to handle that. <laughs> That would probably be the closest thing in my adult life to like really being on track. And and I could see everything that you hear about. Like I didn't change my eating at all. I still smoke cigarettes. I ate cake regularly. And I ran three times a week. And because of that, I could see an offset in... I still lost weight, even though I was eating like shit, like I had been up to that point, you know, like, mm-hmm. so that right there was almost like confirmation how like, you're just, you're, you're tweaking the equation, you know, you're burning more, taking the same amount, but you're burning more, you're going down. So then if you could couple yeah. with like burning more with eating less, you're going to go down even more, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, like right now. Like I'm really uncomfortable right now. Like my my butt hurts, my feet are swollen, like my my shoulder is killing me, my back hurts. Like I granted I worked from this chair all day today, so like I was in this office all like already all day and Oh that's you know, right, so yeah. like I'm ready to just kinda get up and like get out of this room for a little while, but Yeah. Um you know I should be able to sit here and have a great conversation with my buddy and not like not want to go walk for a mile and a half to get the fluid out of my ankles, you know? So, Oh shit. Yeah. So, that's, that's no, no. good. Well, I've, I've noticed that too, just in, on my end with, uh, like I was saying about the suddenly couldn't drink or whatever. It's like, that's the thing for me that'll drive change when like, like I was going to the gym, tons like maybe this time or not yeah i was and i was it's like a i was never feeling better i wasn't like i would not leave the like i feel good that i did it but i wasn't feeling good right (laughs) um and i and eventually one day i was just like on the elliptical and i was just like i have so many other things i'd want to be doing like i was just pissed that i was spending time on this i was like fuck this i'm not doing this anymore and uh so i think there has to be like this kind of intrinsic motivation well and like i told ash i was like what's it like we watch YouTube for, let's just say, an hour a day, like whether it's that much or more or less or whatever. Why couldn't we just take that hour every day and go walking for that hour? Like, let's just go walk. Yeah. That right there, would we would notice a difference in a month if we did that every day, if we just went for an hour walk every day. Uh, you probably enjoy that, too. Yeah. Like, the bride and I will walk the puppies sometimes 
together and I've always enjoyed that. I found for me, like, that's something that I do enjoy where, and then recently when I was having to switch from that focus of taking time out of my day, or it's like, I refuse to build my day around working out, but I will build in exercise into my day. So like basically what I do, I'm not noticing any physical differences from this, but hopefully it'll be reflected in my, I don't know, cholesterol numbers or whatever. But, uh, I just will like have my, I have my phone and I'll, Make sure that I'm walking fast enough for people to like. Uh, oh man, I can't. I want to say the. Like, are you are you uh, walking the bride speed? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah, <laughs> the bride speed. Oh man, it has to be that Jesus. level of like, what's wrong with that guy? It's not necessarily. <laughs> she was walking say, next what's to What's wrong me. <laughs> with that guy? That's how fast you're walking. It has to be like uncomfortably fast to count is what, what I say. But I just build it into like when I'm walking to get my coffee in the morning and all this stuff. And then I work like a hundred stairs up. Like it's a, yeah. so that in every time, like I've gone through stretches of doing it and I'm on the longest stretch where I'm, I take that to one to three times a day. Every time I reach the top, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> like yeah. it's always so yeah. hard. That's what she but like said. I just time that and make sure it reaches about 30 minutes. And it's like, and then uh, whatever. So like that's that's kind of where I'm at with that stuff. Is I will I will try to do those things. And I've met with nutritionists and stuff through my work. And and they're like, yeah, as long as you're not you know like loafing it when you walk, that, that's good. That counts. And then so it's more of a health thing. But I haven't noticed any. But but I have been recently too. Like especially through you know the Bruce Lee stuff and whatever. I miss being able to use my body in that kind of way. And I'm nowhere near being able to do so again. Yeah at this age. But like, I, if we're just watching TV, I will like stretch for maybe 10 minutes or something. And I was like, well, I'm sure that's got to do me some good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it's not like a chore. So I'm trying to find these ways where it's not a chore. Like I'm back to doing, I'll do like pull-ups in the morning and just make a point of it. Uh, that, that kind of small shit, but I'm motivated enough because like I'm, I was not feeling like good or like with the drinking is like, I was like, fuck, like, I guess I can't just drink a bottle of wine anymore. Yeah. And I guess that's good. But the only thing to force a change in that behavior was like, oh, man, I don't feel yeah. good. And I can't, like, stay up late to do the thing I want to do because I'm exhausted for whatever reason. So I'll make a change. So anyway, I guess all that's to say that ever, that I, I encounter some of that myself, not to the, you know, however, whatever level where my, my whole side's fucked at the moment. But I, I mean, it was, oh, it was so terrifying to just like lose my arm like and it's my right arm i'm left-handed like luckily i wipe my ass and jerk off left-handed so <laughs> like it's gonna be an opening clip. that would that would that would wreck my world but i'm still like it still is enough that it's throwing me off so um all right man well awesome thanks so much for listening everybody uh dave have a great time in europe man you're gonna see you two in fucking Ireland. Like that's so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, in Dublin, it's gonna be something. First trip abroad as well. Yeah. Uh, so that I'll have some some stories to share when we come back. When I come back. Absolutely, I can't wait. All you right. guys have a great time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> Sorry. It's not like that.
Like Biff's kind of a dick, but it's like at the end of the day, like what's he really want to do? He wants to like just like cop a feel and drink some booze and 